everyone, and welcome to the Crystal Palace Women's Show, uh, brought to you as always by Eagle Eye View. It's myself, Mike, who apparently likes to talk without the mic on to do this introduction, uh, and as always, my co-host, Phil. Uh, we are here a little bit later than uh, normally scheduled, uh, but we are here now, and I did make a joke about it being uh, a night of joy and jubilation, uh, with huge sarcasm in my voice. Um, but yes, we are here, so Phil, now I know you can hear me, how are you doing? I'm very good, thanks, uh, Mike. Yeah, I've been watching um, Michael Elise's goal on loop for most of the day. Uh, what a free kick that was last night! And um, so, yeah, I've just sort of keep keep putting it on uh, on my phone, and uh, just can't believe it to get the power and accuracy that you know against one of the best goalkeepers in the world is fantastic goal that was. Were you there last night? No, no, I'm um, working. So uh, oh. I, I managed to catch it on the box. Did a bit of work from home, um, but no, I couldn't. I couldn't go. Do you know what? I haven't been since the last home game in October. I think it was. So the last home game wow. before the World Cup. Um, I'll be there on Saturday. Yeah. Well, I didn't even. I didn't realize until watching it last night that Saturday's game is at five o'clock. So, five thirty. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah no, it's, it's been a while. I'm not going to lie. It, it's been. I mean, there's been different stuff going on anyway with with the new job and uh, just clashes and stuff like that. But it's it's kind of been very hard to for the first time in, in like twenty odd years of been a season ticket holder. But it's been very hard to kind of motivate myself to go because it, this season I just feel for both the men and the women, it's been a really difficult watch. Because I mean, you know, over the yeah. over the years, don't get me wrong, I've We've all seen some absolutely horrendous seasons, some horrendous performances, and when you look at the tables for both leagues, you know you, you can't. You know, you know, we're not in relegation battles. We're not going out of business and that kind of thing. But it's just, I think, when you're watching it week after week, and there's the players there that could be doing more than what you're doing, but you're constantly watching. No chances created. No shots on goal. Never really looking like scoring. Can't keep a clean shit. You know, it just. It's yeah, been hard, but, yeah. and the problem is, well, it's been not just that, but because of the lack of, again, the lack of business in the summer on the men's side, um, but defensively also on the women's side, we can't change the teams either. So it's not like, you know, you have a bad performance and then you can go, actually, well, you know, we'll, we'll put this this player in, that player in. You can't really change it because we haven't got the players. So the whole thing has been a bit, bit frustrating. Um, but I'm sure going yeah, to Saturday, yeah. I'll get back in the swing of it again, and um, you know, but uh, we'll probably lose. I'm going, but <laughs> but I mean, last night, last night was very much needed because that's the thing. It's been a run of games. I know we're talking about the men here quickly, but it's been a run of games where we've played Tottenham, who had lost like four in a row. You know, we played well for the first half, then capitulated second half and lose four nil. Played Southampton, who yeah. had, who'd won only once under. Um, the new manager, and that was against a lower league team. We start well, go and wind them up, and then we turn absolute poo and lose. We played Chelsea, who had lost like eight of the last ten games. It was like a terrible run, and we lose. We had a couple of good shots, but it's weird. Like I felt, I felt Kepa made more saves than than, than Guaita did, but at the same time, I never really felt like Chelsea were under a sustained threat from us. I never really felt like we were gonna kind of breakthrough and then we concede and, and we lose one nil and it's just been a whole a whole lot of that, you know, with the Fulham game and the Forest game and um yeah, yeah. it's been yeah. it's just been a bit of a grind. But even last night I, I thought we actually played really well last night from start to finish. But 
it looked again like it was going to be the same, like the Chelsea game, because like Edward's shot, what a, yeah. you know, what a, what a fantastic shot. And, and De Gea had, had he'd made two or three great saves, whereas Guaita had done nothing really apart from put the ball out of the back of the net. But it looked like yeah. it was going to be once again, you know, not not having that that ability to to to, to get a goal to kill a team and. And we paid a price, but then obviously Michael Elise stepped up, smashed it home, and, and didn't even didn't celebrate scoring an absolute screamer against Man United. So <laughs> I know it's a really weird. Um, yeah, I couldn't get my head around it. I, I, I mean, Patrick Vieira's um, interview afterwards suggested that he was just so tired he didn't even have the energy to celebrate. I don't know if that's true or not. He never celebrated. That was the implication. No, that was the implication. But I just don't think he does celebrate. No, I think that's doesn't. the way he, when he scores, he just. He just probably thinks, well, that's what I'm just doing my job, you know. <laughs> I don't know, but it's. Um, I don't know if it's a way he. It's a really weird grounded. one. Yeah, Apparently, I think Michael Morrison has come out and said that at Reading it was the same thing, and um, he's done yeah. it before. Like we, we've said it before with goals he scored for us, and he's not really celebrated. So I wonder, yeah, I wonder if it's just a way that he keeps his mental grounding. Who knows? Yeah, he's sort, he he's sort of he sort of celebrated at West Ham, didn't he? But. In the, that was in the last minute as well, yeah. but that was a winner, obviously. But he sort of celebrated that. He ran into, ran, ran up to the Palace fans behind the goal. But, yeah, he doesn't generally, does he? Yeah. Ironically, he didn't even have that great a game last night. He gave the ball away oh, a hell of a lot. But I thought it was his worst performance for us, actually. But that's what he's kept on the pitch <laughs> for, because he can do it. He's got that magic in his, in his boots. I mean... He's a great talent, you know, and I think his consistency will get better. He's, I mean, he's still only 20 years old, you know, it's it's easy to forget, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, right, but we're talking about the men. We're here to talk about the women, uh, yes. as we always do. And for the second week we're not running, we get to talk about a team scoring five goals at Hayes Lane. However, <laughs> this time it wasn't <laughs> us. Uh, so... But as I always do beforehand, I will I'll run through the results from the weekend and the league table and just give a general gist of, of where that's put us, um, the joys of it. So, there was the uh, the, the up north derby, I'm just going to call it, uh, Sunderland and Durham, where Sunderland came from behind. I think they were 2-1 down with, with not long to go and um, won 3-2 over Durham. So, Durham's straw poor season who bizarrely have like picked up big results over WSL teams in the country cup but in the league are having a, a shocker of a season um and they lost and and the bit the, the bittersweet moment of um Ajupi had left Durham four days previous and been announced at Sunderland and then she scored um so Sunderland's getting a, a big win for them um obviously down the bottom Blackburn versus Charlton was postponed I think Blackburn this week in middle of, uh, their country cup game has been postponed as well and they need to buy some heaters for wherever it is Blackburn play um, Sheffield United lost 1-0 at home to Birmingham um, just probably the, the shock scoreline of the round is that Southampton lost 1-0 at home to Lewis uh, Lewis are a good team they are it's one of those teams that just keep plucking away and they're, they're well organised got some good players but obviously Sunderland have been in red hot form um, and at home, and to, to not score at all, um, it's quite a surprise there. So it's a big result for Lewis, and uh, I suppose it is nearly the shock of the day at the uh, Bristol, where Coventry, having been one 0 down, the Coventry opponents this Sunday with a lot of their new, all their new signings that they brought in, went two one up, um, 
and then they lost their keeper to injury late on and considered twice in injury time to lose three two. So uh, could have been a, a hell of a game, a hell of a result if you're there watching it. Um, but yeah, Bristol City keep up their push at the top. And then of course there's us, the last, the late kickoff uh, at home to tabletop in London City Lionesses, and we narrowly lost five nil. So <laughs> close game, um, but we just London City just edged it by the odd goal of five. So league table wise. Um, at the top, it keeps London City top of the table, 24 points from 11 games. Bristol City sit a point behind them, 23 points with a game in hand. And you've got Charlton and Birmingham tied together on 19, both in 10 games. Uh, and sorry, and Southampton, they're on 19 as well, but they've played a game more. Lewis moved up to sixth above us with their win on 16 points. And that dropped us down to seventh on 15. Uh, into the minus goal difference as well, which is where we generally spend our entire time. Uh, in this league. Then behind us, Blackburn, three points behind in eighth on 12 points. Durham are in ninth on 11 points. Sunderland with their win up to 10th on 10 points. Sheffield United looking very vulnerable at the moment. Um, After a decent start to the season, they're on quite a bad run. They're still on seven points in 11th. And Coventry still sit rock bottom on zero after 11 games. Uh, the minus 33 goal difference. But of course, that very nearly changed this Sunday, just gone. Uh, and it's highly possible it could change come this Sunday um, when they play Charity FC. So, some some surprise results in their film. I, mean, as I, I don't see Sunderland, Durham as a surprise, really, just with the season that Durham are having. And we, we both know that Sunderland are, are a good team that are better than what their league position has been. Um, as I say, obviously, had Coventry held on, it would have been a surprise. Losing by one goal was a surprise, I guess. Um, but for me, the Southampton one was probably the big big surprise of the weekend. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think um, Lewis are a decent team, um, but you'd expect Southampton to beat them at home. And um, uh, it would, yeah, I mean, it's still a surprise that it was, it was 3-2, the Coventry-Bristol City game, because... Bristol City are at home. They're a very, very good team at home. And um, I would never have suggested that um, they can see two goals to Coventry. They just look, you know, they're, they're a very dominant team with possession, very um, energetic, fast, you know, knock the ball around. And Coventry must have played really well to get to get in, to get their noses in front. And they must have been devastated to have lost that game. I think the, the equaliser was in the 93rd minute and the winner was in the 97th. So... You know, they would have been devastated. Um, but um, it just goes to show how dangerous Coventry can be because you don't know not many teams score goal two goals away at Bristol City. So, yeah, it just goes to show. But yeah, I think um, that Southampton result was a real shocker because they've had a great season. I think if I'm right, they might have only lost one game before then this season. But yeah, they've um, they've had a great season since their promotion and uh, very surprised with that one really. But um, anyone really on their day. Uh, up until now, Coventry haven't really been at the races, but they've signed a lot of players. But uh, anyone on their day can beat anyone in that league, really, because it is um, it's that sort of division, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, we'll, we'll be talking a bit about Coventry later on. Um, I did invite Paul on. He, he's unable to do it, but he has given me a list of the incomings that they've made, they've made so we can kind of go through that later on. Um, and I do want to have a little discussion 
as like a midsection about attendances. Uh, I know we've we've kind of touched on it before, um, but I kind of feel it just needs to be mentioned again. But first of all, if you're ready, <laughs> we do have to discuss uh, our game on Saturday. Um, so, just to run through our lineup, um, Natalia Negri played in goal. Uh, it turned out Fran was out sick. Um, so Natalia has ended up making her third appearance in a week, having played in the FA Cup and the final Conti Cup game. Um, so she made her league debut for us. And then we started off with a back four, uh, Kirsten Riley at right back, Fliss Givens at left back with Lizzie and Captain AJ in the centre. You had Chloe Arthur holding in midfield with Coral and Shauna Geyer ahead of her. And then up front, you had uh, Polly on the right, Annabelle on the left and Husey down the centre. Uh, that was our starting lineup. It didn't stay that way. Um, and a forced change with an injury to, to Kirsten. And then well, we ended up changing it drastically before half time to, to a five at the back to the, with the wing backs. Um, so, and the scoring wise, London City took the lead after 21 minutes. Dominique Napier made it. Two on 34 minutes. Karen Muir, apologies if I've pronounced that wrong, who was absolutely sublime. She made it 3 0 right on half time, uh, and then 4 0 on 66 minutes. And then in injury time in the, se- in the second half, Lucy Shepard made it 5. So uh, I've done a fair bit of talking, Phil. I'll, I'll hand over to yourself first for uh, your thoughts on Saturday, on Sunday, Saturday, Sunday. It's, it's going well tonight. At least, at least I've still got the mic on, I suppose. Uh, on <laughs> on Saturday, oh, I've just said it again. Right, you you start talking, and I'm going to stop talking for a minute. Talk about you talk about the game first on Sunday. Sunday. Well, it was just um, it was just what you know. I mean, we we support the team no matter what. You know, we we always put a shift in, and I don't think that changed on Sunday. I think the second half, especially, we actually came out and really really put a lot of effort in. We're just not good enough in key positions, and. Um, it's just really disappointing, you know, and, um, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if Dean knows his best team. I don't know if the, some of the players are, are, are just not playing in their strongest positions. We just didn't, we just lack a bit of shape. We don't look like we're in control. It's it, You look at the difference between the two teams on Sunday, the control, movement, passing, speed, everything, strength, everything about London City was what we weren't. And um, we, 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 our, our control of the ball was get the ball. And then most of the time, it seemed to look like we were just playing hopeful long balls or balls into space. We weren't finding players. London City always had two or three options when they were on the ball. Their movement was good. They were quick. They won most of the 50-50s. They, just, they were just better than us in every single department. Stronger, fitter. That's what they looked like. Uh, quicker. Um, and it was really disappointing because we started the season so well against them. You know, we gave we beat them there and we looked a really good, you know, really good team in, on that opening day. Despite the fact we had so many new players and we just they all seemed to settle in really quickly to, to get that win there. And since then, you know, OK, we beat Coventry 3-0 following that. But since then, it's just gone downhill and it's just not good enough. I know we've had I know we've had injuries. I know. Some players have been playing when they're not fully fit because we've had so many players out. But it's just not good enough. And 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 um, 
it's the basics. It's the basics that we can't, you know, we don't get the basics right. We don't defend. We don't win balls. We don't stop crosses. It's just, it's just not, you know, I've been extremely patient for the last year and a half, two years, but until we actually get some defenders who can defend and win headers and mark players and stop crosses coming over and, you know, play a, play a good line and we don't have players rushing out and leaving one-on-one at the back, you know, we've got to play, our defence plays as individuals, whereas most of the teams in that division, division their defence plays as a unit. And they work for each other, and they. But we have players who who just go charging out to try and win the ball, don't win it. Next thing, it's three against two, you know, because we've got someone halfway up the pitch. You know, it's it's about time really that things changed, and we 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 you know we we sorted this out because, you know, it's not good enough. It's really not good enough, and the players deserve better. We deserve better, um, and it's got to be sorted out. You know, it's just it's just appalling, and 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 actually on Sunday. It could have been eight or nine, to be honest. It really could have been, and and and, and you know that 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 is just not Palace. That's just not Palace. You know, we can't go out in a game and be completely outclassed at home like we were. I mean, it, you know, we didn't learn anything from when we played them last year at home when it was five-one. You know, we've played them again. You know, we we don't play to our strengths, and we don't we don't we don't stop the strengths of the opposition. I mean, it's just incredible, really. Um, but we've been saying for two years, Mike, on this show, well, one year on this show, but we've been saying to, to our, you know, between us for a couple of years, that we need solid, dominant centre-backs with a little bit of pace and dominant in the air. And we've brought in 15 players and we haven't brought in any of those, you know. We haven't brought in anyone like that. We've brought in, you know, the, the, most, the most competent centre-back we've brought in is Anna Philby, um, who's a really good player. And 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 she and she and she would complement a really strong, dominant, you know, tall centre back. But we don't have that really. We don't really have the dominance and the pace. And um, we can we we started conceding goals of all different types. You know, at the beginning of the season, we had a lot of possession and we got caught on the break a few times. And that's because we haven't got the pace at the back. We know that. Um, and especially since Sis has been, you know, not been playing because as a wing back, she has got a lot of pace, but. To be honest, you know, we haven't, we didn't learn from that because we conceded the same sorts of goals all the time. You know, week after week, it was hit on the break, you know, running through quicker than our defenders. You know, anyone with a bit of pace will just get through our defence like not a knife through butter, you know. And then, and then um, we've now started conceding goals, all different types of goals. It's not just, you know, okay, we're playing a high line and we haven't got the pace. So if someone gets the ball right and the and the runs and the runs timed properly, then some any any quick forward will get through when we're playing a high line. That's that you know, that's just the way we played and we 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 gambled a little bit to try and get players forward. That I've got no problem with that. Um not great when you haven't got the pace at the back. It does leave you exposed. But we're now not even stopping crosses coming over. You know, it's all types of goals that we're conceding and it's just not good enough. And you know what is going on? What is going on? And 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 it's fine. It's fine. You know, saying that the players give everything, which they do. But we need more than that. You know, we need, we've got we've got to have more than that. Um, we've been in that division a few years now, and we should be doing better than we are. You know, we shouldn't be seventh in that division. A pal- a club like Palace shouldn't be seventh in that division. Um, and um, yet again, you know, we still try and play this way where we're. We're not mixing it up and we're trying to play out from the back and we get caught in possession and 
the ball goes, we lose the ball in the middle of the pitch, you know, in our, on the edge of our final third um, when we're trying to pass it out. And it just puts us under so much pressure. And I, I mean, I could go on all night and just talk about all the faults. But at the, at the end of the day, it's basics. You've got to stop crosses. You've got to pick up players. You can't give someone a free header like the third goal six yards out. I mean, it's just incredible. And if you wrote, if you were watching that game and, and were writing 10 things not to do as a defender, they're, they're all there to be seen. You know, don't do this, don't do that. Don't. I mean, that, we were doing all of them, all the things you shouldn't do. It was just chaotic and it's just not good enough, really. It's, we, we all deserve better than that. And um, it's got to be sorted out. You know, if we don't sign some defenders in this January window, um, then I'm afraid then that's just not good enough. That's not good enough because other clubs have got, got defenders in who are not who haven't got the pulling power of Palace. You know, they're not Premier League clubs. I mean, Charlton have got a player on loan from Villa, a, a defender who would have done would have been perfect for us. Um, we, we've got to have more pulling power than teams like Charlton. They're two divisions below us in the men's, you know. So it's not good enough, really. Uh, you know, who was doing the scouting? Who was picking, you know, 15 players and we haven't brought in hardly any defenders and we can play in the middle? What's going on? You know, it, it's come to the point now where questions have got to be asked because it's not good enough. And it, and, it, and we, we everyone deserves more than that. And we'll talk about attendances later on. But until the until the team start actually performing and getting put, getting results, no one's going to come and watch them. You know, we're not going to we're not going to entice the new, uh, the next wave of supporters the way we're playing. It's just not it's just not good enough. And it's. It's quite depressing, to be honest. I mean, it's just a, something's got to change. Something has got to change because we can't carry on like that. It's, it's been appalling, really, since, you know, the odd game here and there away at Blackburn played well first half. Second half was OK, but first half at Blackburn was exceptional. Other than that, in the last few games, I mean, I wasn't at the Watford games. So I was unwell, but I don't think you can count that playing a team from division below. I think in this division, you know, we, we we've struggled really. You know, we we don't keep clean sheets, and that's you've got to build your strength from the back. All the best teams do that. Stop conceding goals, and then you're going to pick up. We've, we've got players like Coral and Hughesy, you know, and Annabelle Blanchard who who will we'll get a goal in a game if we, you know, there'll be a chance and we'll take it at some point usually. But if we're conceding two or three goals every game, then we're not going to we're not going to get anything because. We need to stop. We need we need to stop conceding those goals at the back. So frustrating, Mike, and and not good enough really. And you know, at, at this at this point in the season, when we've got that, we've had that squad together now for you know since the summer, um, to actually play like a team that's never actually met each other. Um, um, I know we were playing a good team. I'm not I'm not denying that, but um, you know, we were just completely outclassed. Every single position, they were better than us. Um, and actually, they look they look fitter than us, and they looked in every respect bet better. And I, I know they've got money to spend. London City, they're bankrolled. I know that, um, and they've been at the top of the table for a few years. But there's no way we should be losing five nil at home to anyone in that division. There's no way, um, and it could have even been more than that. Actually, I thought I thought actually Natalia was our best player in goal. You know, <laughs> I don't think she had much of a chance really. She's like it, she just had she had nothing in front of her to help her. You know, it's ridiculous. So yeah, some home truths, I'm afraid, and something's got to change. And uh, you know, and it's frustrating. But we we have, we have given that team and and the management the benefit of the doubt for a long time. And when you bring in 15 players and you don't bring in the players that we need in the most crucial position that we've been the weakest in for the last two years, then questions have got to ultimately be asked about that. 
who was doing the scouting? Who who was identifying what players we need? Because we haven't got the players we need in those positions. I can't really say any more than that. It's it's just not good enough. Now, now you could have a whinge if you want. <laughs> well, I mean, you say the last two years, it's four and a half years. We've defensively, we've never been good since we come up. The matter we've always, we've been the third worst for goals conceded. Well, I say for us in the bottom three for goals conceded every season. Uh, I haven't. I don't know where we are currently. Um, I think we were a bit higher than that, but um, you know, shipping goals like that, uh, you know, we, we're going to risk doing damage to that again. And I think the thing is, like, like you say about the goals scored for different different methods now, but well, goals conceded, should I say? But when you actually look back at their goals, which I, I unfortunately put myself through again just before this pod, it was still a lot of the goals were still through balls. It was still just one ball played through. But these time, this time it was down the sides, pace through, no one's getting on them goal. You know, and that's the thing. I think you look, you look at um, the, the first goal was. I've got this all from memory now. The, the first goal was a Maya, who I say she was absolutely surprised. We couldn't handle her. She killed us at the back time and time again. Getting into the box, down the side, just causing havoc. No one could get a, lay a finger on her. And she managed to twist and turn for a couple of plays. We put a challenge in, but it's such a meat challenge. She still came out with the ball, forced to stay for a corner. Corner comes in. We don't clear the lines. We have a couple of opportunities to do so. We don't do it. Then two of our players collide with each other, and the ball gets played into the box. And uh, so the ball gets played out wide. Um, and their, their winger, or whoever was out, out, out wide, had so much time that she was able to slip over, get up, and put a cross in. Uh, for a volley inside the box between two defenders for one nil. Look, I mean, a great finish, but you know, and that's one nil. And then the second is a ball played through. That was more through the centre. We had some players there, and Kirsten and um, the London City player were running together. But the London City player is ahead, has a shot. Natalia blocks it, but it bounces under her. Uh, and it's going in. I remember at the time we all thought because uh, Kirsten ended up going down and ended up coming off injured, uh, and we all thought it was a foul on her because the 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 the, the, the London City player keeps going and and boots it in on the line when it was it was going to go in anyway. Um, but having watched it back on slow mo, obviously you only get the one angle. But I don't think there was one of you. She has the shot and she just keeps running. There's no deviation to. Her, you know, there's no like, doesn't look like she stands anything. There's no deviation. Kirsten goes down. There might have been a slight knock or something, but there was nothing um, obvious to say. I felt, and the ball was going in anyway, even if she hadn't then hit it. Uh, Kirsten was going to get nowhere near it. Fliss was the closest, and she'd already, you can see, kind of watching it, thinking, well, Fliss could get there, but it's going in, and she's already kind of given up because it's going in. And as I say, the, the player finishes it on the line. Um, and that's 2-0. And then, obviously, Kirsten went off. We brought Philbs on and put her at right-back to begin with. She's a centre-back. We had a right-back at centre-back. Last week, when we brought, when Philbs came on for Kirsten injured, Philbs went to centre-back, AJ went to right-back. This week, she went to right-back to begin with. It changed before half-time because we took Shoulder off in the 43rd minute um, and brought on... Um, 
Molly and went to the, the three centre-backs with the wing-backs and the two up top. And we put Annabelle in the centre behind them. But at, to begin with, it very much looked like Fields was just playing it right because how far out she was. She was playing it right back. And yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I don't get it. Um, you know, and then their, their third, over on the right, our right-hand side, their player has so much time, so much free space to just have the ball, take the time, come in, get to the to the edge of the box and cross it in for a free header from from Maya. You know, free header, all the time in the world to cross it in as well. No one's no one's picking anyone up. No one's challenging. It it, it was just easy. And then, and then the second half, you know, they, they, their goals in the second half, there was. Um, I think there's another another through ball down down the wing. I think two two of them were basically through balls down the wing. Um, actually, no, ten lines. So one was a through ball down the left, where it looked like actually we committed a foul, but they played a long ball down the left from their half. Their player gets to the end of it, cuts inside, just runs and runs. No one's getting into an era. Comes into the box. Uh, Maya comes in as well, and they just do a little sideways pass, and Maya tucks it in the corner, uh, has a shot, and Natalia gets something on it, but it goes in. 4-0. At 4-0, they then have a chance where they, they break down the other side, down the right, all the way in, cuts inside, plays the ball across. There's two London City players in the box waiting to tap it in. Napier is the one, the closest one it falls to. She puts it wide. It, she, I don't know how she misses, to be honest with you. Um, and then they get their fifth, which is N- Natalia does the goal kick. It, it doesn't get to the halfway line. We don't win the header. It comes back AJ heads it straight to an under City player who plays a through ball into the box. Then their player gets on and, and tucks it home. You know, it was just there was no, there's no defensive cohesion. There's no organisation in there. There's no. It didn't look like there's any belief, really. Um, and I mean, before the game, I remember saying on a pod last week that I mean, I predicted one nil to Palace. I, but I said it would be one of those games where we'll either go and do. That kind of performance game where we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll battle it out. We'll be gritty. We'll be tough, and we'll, we'll, we'll bag a goal. Or it had the potential to go the same way as it did last year. And that's the, unfortunately, it's the last of that it went. And and their their manager in the in the press conference beforehand, or say press conference in like an in, she did an interview beforehand that London City uh, posted, and she mentioned that we were top on possession stats, which I can't, I wouldn't know where to find that to, to verify whether that is the case. But it wouldn't surprise me because. One thing we've had a lot this season, I said before, is possession and we're comfortable on the ball. Um, but we barely saw the ball on, on Sunday. From the, fir- from the first minute, we were never in the game. I think for about 30 seconds, maybe a minute, we started positively. And then London City took over. And they were their passing was, was crisper, it was stronger, it was more accurate it was to a point. They, the tackles were winning balls. Our tackles weren't, weren't solid. You know, They weren't dominant. They were first at everything, first at every challenge, first at every loose ball, first at every header. Um, I think we won one header in the box in the whole game. Um, we were just completely outplayed. Uh, and don't get me wrong, you know, London City are an excellent team. They're top of the table. They hadn't lost since the opening day when they lost to us. Um, you know, they're, they're an excellent team. and We know that. But as you say... At this stage, season, fifth season up, the investment supposedly come in. We've, we've signed these players in the summer. We're, 
we shouldn't be getting turned over 5 0 at home now because the other teams aren't. Cheltenham aren't getting turned over 5 0 at home. You know, we, we shouldn't be losing to them by all means. You know, if you're going to lose, because it has someone, other than if you, you draw, obviously, which we haven't done once this season, um, someone has to lose, don't they? And because I've said before, there's so many good teams in this league now where teams have invested, etc., that you are getting, you know, someone's going to miss out. Well, most teams are going to miss out because only one can go up. But, you know, like Southampton losing to Lewis 1 0 on the weekend, you know, that's going to happen. Charlton have lost a few games. It's going to happen because there's so many good teams, teams are going to be losing. And so if we lose to London City, we lose to London City, the top of the table. That's, I'm not going to complain about that because that's how football goes and that's the, the difference at the moment. But when we lost 5 0, so for the second year running, we've conceded five against them. But when we've looked, when we've been not just lost, we've been dominated. We've never been in the game and we've looked so vulnerable and not for the first time. That is where it's getting difficult. And there's frustrating stuff watching it. And I, I can't remember if I said it on the pod last week, where we noticed that we we have we play wide players and our full backs, so we, we either play wingers, sorry, wing backs with the five with the three centre backs, or like the last two home games we've played four at the back. But when we do four at the back, our full backs, as I said before, are so high up the pitch, they sit at like almost the halfway line at times. So we play with high width. Well, we don't bloody use it. Because against Watford, the amount of times, and you can see it better in the first half, because obviously the tile is down our end, so our defence is in front of us, so we're moving forward. Polly is standing in acres of space on the halfway line, hugging the, 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 the sideline. And the ball would be rolled to AJ, and AJ wouldn't even look up, play the ball straight into the set, play the ball inside into the centre. So, time and time again, Polly, I mean, she must have been bored after about 20 minutes, just standing there in space, never getting the ball. This time on, on Sunday, in Sunday's game, that happened again a few times, but it was really noticeable. There was four or five times, sorry, I'm pretty exaggerating, three or four, where we had a chance to counter. Bear in mind, we weren't dominating the game. We weren't even in control of the game. We were barely in the game. We were kind of, in that kind of match, you're going to really relying on, you've got to counter-attack a bit. If you're getting outplayed, you've got to counter-attack on a team. And we had opportunities to do that. One of them, one or two was where Polly was out in acres of space. Uh, the other two where it was Fliss. And Fliss is not only in so space, but she's called for the ball and she's making the run. And each time, Natalia's got the ball where they've had a shot or a cross and she's caught it. They've got the opportunity, throw the ball out to one of those, to Polly or to, to Fliss, whichever, depending on which occasion it was. And we could break away quickly to get out the pitch. And she's held the ball and she's waited for everyone to get back. So London City have got back in all their, their lines, which we can't, we've not been able to penetrate so far in the game. And we then played a slow a, a ball out short, which doesn't go anywhere. And you just we just stand like what? Why aren't we? And I, and I don't think that's Natalia. In fact, someone commented I can't remember who it was that because Lee was standing in front of us and they heard a conversation between Natalia and Lee where Natalia didn't know whether she supposed was asking should she be kicking it long or short. They, I can only assume they're getting told. This is what we've got to do. Take your time, slow it down, play out from the back. 
I can only assume that because four or five times, it should be instinct. Get that ball out. Let's counter attack. We're harming ourselves by not doing it. What's the point in having a player out wide if you're never going to pass on the ball and we're in space? Time and time we cut in, we come inside and we play the ball to someone who's got players around him, and then we either lose the ball or it bobbles around because there's a panic and we're not quite in control and then it just it, it's so jaggedy it, I don't know why we're not doing it why aren't we moving that ball you can't not it doesn't work all the time but sometimes you've just got to do it a bit different you know you've got an opportunity there counter attack on it you know, you know let's put them under a bit of pressure for a change but we just let them set, get back in every single time and then and then we just couldn't get anywhere with the ball and it's just, it is frustrating. I hate, and I'm very good at it, but I hate moaning. I hate when we come on these pods and we just sound like miserable old gits because we're moaning about this, we're moaning about that. And I hate doing it um, because we know the players always go out and they'll give it everything on the pitch. We know we know that. We, we always say it we say time and time again. We know they do. We know it's not like, like you've seen in, at teams in the past, you know, where players aren't bothering all that. We know it's none of that at all. We know they'll give us everything. Um, but at this moment in time, something is not right in that football club. Or in both, to be honest with you. And I don't know whether it goes higher up, where there's issues higher up in... Uh, I mean, it seems to be... I've seen my mate sent me an article today where apparently Parrish is, is pissed off with Texter um, about his involvement with Leon because he was supposed to pay more money for shares and stuff in Palace. There's, there's, there's problems in this football club throughout. And I don't know whether issues we're having at the top are um, then tripping down, it's restricting us from doing stuff. It almost feels like someone said in the summer, I don't know, I don't know who it would be but that said it, but it said that they want both teams to play a certain way in a certain format. Because the same struggles... At, with some of the some of the same struggles we're having, we're having in both the teams, and it doesn't change. There's a lot of stubbornness. Vieira don't change, you know. I mean, I know obviously last night he played two strikers, but some of his decisions he makes they just don't make any sense whatsoever. But we we don't seem to change, and it's and it's happening in the women's team as well. But unfortunately, it feels like now. It's a bit just because we could go and win this weekend, you know, and then all of a sudden it's, you know, we've got to pick up a win. But when you look across the season so far, we were excellent for spells. At the opening game of the season, we were a brand new team. We were excellent. London City had spells where they were quality. We had spells where we were quality. We deserved to win 1-0. It was a superb performance. Coventry, we absolutely dominated at home from start to finish. The only problem we had was trying to break them down, and it took a bit of a bit of something different than you know just for half time to do that. Um, and we won three 0 when it could have been more. And then the Blackburn away game, as you say, we absolutely you know cruised and destroyed them in the first half, and then the second half of three 0 we eased off. And in between that was a poor performance against Southampton. But since since. Blackburn, you could, I suppose you could argue since half time at Blackburn, this team is it's changed. We've changed. We 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 stopped. I know obviously now Sibs is out, but give Brennan one how we started the first couple of games. We changed the formation, but since then we just 
something isn't clicking there. So, you know, we, we, we're, we're losing games without scoring some heavy defeats. The, the games we have won have been grinding narrow 1-0 wins where we've, you know, you know, put in really admirable performances where, you know, to come away with the 1-0 victory. But it's 1-0. I mean, Lewis, again, I don't mean it's not because Lewis is a very good team, but, you know, we, scoring was your one shot on target in the game. You know, we, we were outplayed for large spells by Durham and Lewis uh, in, those, in those victories. Um, you know, we can't, something is not right there. We, as you say, we haven't, we've brought those players in, we haven't signed centre-backs. We signed Fields, but, I mean, half the time, she's not even getting played at the moment. At the moment, You know, she's sitting on the bench. I know she picked up a knock before Christmas, uh, but she's been sitting on the bench. But, signing one centre-back, you need, you need to, and putting in, and putting her in, you know, it's going to go one or two ways. You're relying on her to, to raise the game with the others, but it can go the opposite way. We need a solid pair in the middle to control, you know, to, to dominate and control the game. We haven't done that. Players are playing in different positions. Um, you know, Annabelle's played behind the strikers and she's played out wide. I think she's far more, I mean, look, I'm, I'm just a fan. But I think she's she's far more effective in the middle, playing freely because on the ball she's by far and away one of one of the most talented players we've got. Um, but you lose some of that out wide, especially when you've got someone like Paige sitting on the bench, who when she's played has been excellent playing out wide. Um, you know, but 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 Annabelle's been playing there. Polly's now playing right wing. Uh, or right midfield when we start with a four four two, having been wing back to start with. Kirsten Riley came in as midfielder. She's played at right back uh, and carrying Knox. Obviously, Coral has played. I mean, she's she, for for several seasons has been our most creative player. Has been playing holding midfielder in several games this season. Um, it's just not with Hughesy. I, I mean. You've got a striker in Husey who was Charlton's top scorer last season. But every game, and this is in dialogue of Palace as a whole, because the same thing happened to like Benteke and half the time it happens to Edward, to any striker we play up front in the one. She doesn't get the ball in the box. We're not, we're not putting the ball on her head in the box. She's not getting any opportunities to shoot in the box. She's having to come outside the box, well outside the box, to get the ball. And then she's not in the box. You know, she's not. We're just, we're just not. We're not clicking. We're not engaging, and, and we look incredibly vulnerable. Um, and I just don't know whether, as I say, I think there are we. There are areas where we haven't got the right personnel currently. Uh, we have been picking up injuries that has not helped every, anything. So obviously, Sibs, Sibs, Sibs will be playing um, if she was fit. Chloe Peplow's had a lot of injuries. I mean, she Chloe Peplow would have been perfect for Saturday. She's just what we the kind of player we needed in central midfield. Um, and she didn't come on, didn't start, didn't come on. Um, I know she's coming back from injury, but she played midweek against Charlton in the point in the dead rubber game, played the whole ninety minutes, um, and then didn't play in the game where we could have really done with her. Um, 
you know, it's, I mean, I've waffled a lot here now, so I'm kind of probably might be going over myself a little bit, but it is just incredibly, I say something is, whether it is, whatever the, what the plan is keeps changing or it doesn't suit the, the players are, it's not quite fitting with them as you know, because at the end of the day, you can come up with all sorts of, you know, tactics and, and that and the other, but it's not going to suit every player. It's not going to suit every team. It's not always going to work. That's football, isn't it? You know, you, you can have some of the best players in the world, but the way the, the way the manager wants to set them up doesn't work. Um, look at Tuchel at PSG. Um, and maybe not Tuchel. Uh, oh, Poch, didn't he? Poch in the first season didn't even win the league with PSG. And he had all those, you know, all those superstars that had and everything. It doesn't always work. And it kind of feels at the moment that it's not, what we're being asked to do, it ain't working. And whether it's pl- like the playing out the back, and this, it's not, there, there seems an uncertainty with it, but we don't seem to be addressing it or changing it. Or, you know, as you say, sometimes just doing the basic, simple things. Um, and the thing is, if you're not creating chances, then you're not scoring goals. And if you're not scoring goals, at the very least, then you need to not be conceding goals, but we keep conceding goals. Um. You know, and before I take a breather in a second, just kind of one thing to highlight about kind of where we're at at the moment and is, as I say, bearing in mind, you know, we're supposed to have gone full-time in the summer with, with the investment and the players we bought in, etc. We, when you look at our record against the top four this season, so the top four are London City, Bristol City, Charlton and Birmingham. Um, let's, well, so let's tell you the top six are above us. Let's go top six. Well, see, we, at the game against Birmingham was postponed. We haven't played that yet. We beat London City away in the opening day and we've lost five new at home to them. We've played Bristol City twice, away in the league and away in the cup. We lost three nil or four nil. We've played Charlton twice, at home in the league, we lost two one, and away in the Conti Cup, we lost two nil. We've played Southampton once, we lost two one. Uh, we played Lewis twice at home in the Conti Cup and away in the league. We won 1-0 away in the league. We lost 4-1 at home in the Conti Cup. You know, so we've played out, out of those top six teams, we've beaten two of them and we've had some heavy, heavy defeats. We we need to be... It, we can't keep going like that. You know, because... When you then look, if you're then relying on taking points from from the bottom half of the table, well, we haven't played Sheffield yet, and the way they're playing at the moment, we should be we should be beating Sheffield home and away. But that's no guarantee. Sunderland are third from bottom; they turned us over two 0 at home. You know, no smash and grab, but they beat us two 0 Coventry, obviously, we got this Sunday a very different prospect now. Durham are never going to be easy. We'll play. We're, We'll be playing them twice shortly in the cup, in FA Cup, and then away, and then at home in the league. And obviously, we've got Blackburn at home who have had a reasonable season. So I just kind of feel like it's it's not just a, a one off thing here where, you know, it's London City at the top and it's, a, it's a, an anomaly we lost 5 0. There's kind of been a thing for it all season. And there's a line that I'll read, I'll read a bit later on that I was that apparently the commentary manager said about us kind of really rings true with, with how things are this season. Um, so yeah, Phil, I, I'm with you. So I've talked to all the here. Um, I, I'm with you. It, it is difficult because you don't, 
you know, we, we don't want to criticise people. We don't want to moan. I mean, but that's football. If, if as football fans, you're either moaning or you're, or you're waxing lyrical, you, you know. As I say, I saw, I think saw, I saw something with the ratings gave Edward a four last night somehow and gave Elise a nine. <laughs> and other than his goal, Elise say is probably one of his worst performances for us. That's what we do as football fans, isn't it? We're, we're very fickle. You know, but at the same time, when you constantly watch your team and you can see what people do, is you know there is there is a point where we we do see things that aren't seen from the sidelines, um, and at this moment in time, some it isn't right, and we are you know we are getting shorter and shorter of players, um, and you're right. I don't think I don't think Dean knows what he's best 11 is. Same as I don't think Vieira knows what his best 11 is. I think the problem is, I think one of the reasons why neither of them know is because to what actually would be our best, the best way for us to play, we're a few players short of having the personnel to do it. Because Vieira knows what his best formation is. He knows he wants to generally play the 4-3-3 but we don't have the midfielders. Other than Dekuro, we haven't got Jimmy and, and Gallagher from last season in there to do it, or well, he's one of them to do it, you know. And then we're not creating the chances either, but that's another thing. But you know, we we just we haven't got the personnel to do it at the moment, and um, we have the attacking players. When you look at our our, our team now, when you look when you've got Page, you know, you've got Husey, you've got Annabelle, you've got Coral, you've got Moles still there. You know, there's we've got Rihanna hopefully coming in um, very soon as well, uh, you know, having, having not been available all season. But we've got players there. You know, Polly's shown, she's, she, you know, she's good going forward because her ability on the wing and in around, in around the box. We've got players there that we should be scoring goals. But we constantly have to set up to try and protect our inability to defend. And at the moment, we're not finding a way that's consistently able to do it. And the thing is, is, you know, winning 5-1 last week is a great booster and then you lose 2-0 midweek to Charlton, you lose 5-0 at home and that's that's going to knock the team because it start, you start to question things again. You know, we may well go and beat Coventry on Sunday, but you, you can't, we can't keep taking the big blows. You, you just can't in football. You, just, you know, it's different if you're, you're in the game, it's a battle and you're, and you're nearly losing or whatever, but, these kind of results, you can't keep taking them. Like Bristol City and how we keep going up up at their ground and stuff, we can't keep going with those. But Phil, I'll let you, I've been talking for ages and I've only ever drink now. So dry, <laughs> but um, I've got my flip flop currently. But um, I don't know if we're all by rambling. I mean, I lost where I was at at one point. I don't know if there's anything from that that you just wanted to touch upon or. Well, I think, I think you said it all. I think I've said pretty similar, you know. Um... I don't know. I just, I just, I think it all goes back to the summer and identifying the areas where we needed to strengthen. I don't think we strengthened in those key areas at the back, especially. And um, you know, we, we've made some really good signings: um, Fran in goal, Annabelle Blanchard. You know, some really good signings. But I, I just think that we we just at the back especially but actually on sunday the whole team just looked like a team of individuals we didn't look like a football team playing together and um i think the defense has looked like 
um, a, a, a defensive individuals for most of the season. Um, I mean, even though even that game at Durham, which we did really battle well. I mean, I, I, that's one thing I'd never say. You know that I couldn't. I couldn't say anything other than Palace players give everything and they will battle and they will fight. I mean, that's that, and that's all we've ever asked for. But we just think now we're going full time, bringing in a lot of players. There's obviously been some investment there, you know, to, to, to back all that up. We expect better performances. You know, it's not just about fighting and giving and putting the effort in anymore. We need to have more quality. And I just don't think we've got it. And I don't think we've had it this season really um, enough. In in very short spells, we've looked like a really good team. <clears throat> but, but you you summarised it perfectly, Mike, when you went through our results against teams above us, and we're actually this, we are the seventh best t- best team in that division. We are in the right place because you look at the teams that we played against, and whether it be in the league or the cup, you know, generally they've beaten us. You know, Bristol City twice have beaten us. Um, and even even when we have won a game, you know, against London City on the first day, they then beat us five 0 So you can't argue that they're the better better team than us. I think we are the seventh best team. That's not good enough, you know. We finished fourth or joined third even last year, and um, we've gone backwards. Uh, and and we haven't we haven't identified the players that we've needed in those positions to strengthen us where we needed to strengthen. Um, and when you're bringing in 15 players, I just thought, wow, this is. And, and when you look at them on paper, you think, gosh, this is a promotion team. This is a, you know, most of these players could play in the in in, in the women's super league, but actually, you know, unless you you're only as good as your weakest area, and our weak area is in defence, and we can see too many goals. We don't defend well as a team. Um, the number of times we've left one on one, you know, tells you everything because. If you're a good defensive unit, you've got cover, you know, you've got someone going for the player on the ball and you've got players, you've got other players tracking the runners and you've got cover. We don't have that. We don't track the runners. We don't win the ball when it's a 50-50. We get outpaced at the back. I mean, that's the problem. You know, that is the problem. And and the way that we've been playing with a high line is just basically, our opposition know if they just defend solidly, and get the ball, and then hit, a, hit, get the right run and the right ball. They're through because we haven't got the pace at the back. So you know, to play a high line, you've got to have the players to play that really. Um, and we haven't really got the players at the back with the pace to, to play it. You know, and so we we ultimately get exposed with, to that long ball over the top or a good through ball. And if if it's, if the run is timed perfectly to stay on side, generally we're not going to be able to catch anyone because we haven't got the pace. And uh, it's been like that all season really, but. So that's been the problem. And when you're bringing in 15 players and you're, and you're not actually addressing the biggest area that you need to improve, which is the goals conceded over the last couple of seasons, three seasons or so, then um, you've got to question that, I'm afraid. You have to, you know, it's not good enough. And, um, you know, that, that's what that's the bottom line for me. It's, it's about that. And, and, you know, when you're looking to get promoted, you look at the teams like Liverpool last season, apart from that last game, I think they conceded three at Lewis in the last game when they'd already won the league and they had their reserve goalkeeper in and, and stuff. And I think the actual, I think Lewis goalkeeper actually scored against the, the Liverpool goalkeeper. But, but before that last game, I think Liverpool conceded less than 10 game, goals or something all season. The teams that go up are the teams that are really solid at the back. They, you know, and we're... Uh, and, and, and we 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 didn't address that. We were never going to go up unless we've got a solid defence. So, 
Um, that's the problem we've got, really. But yeah, I agree with everything you've said, and I, it's really disappointing. And I know it sounds like two guys just moaning, but I think we're justified in make, making these points. I really do. I think we expect better when you when we invest in that much, and we've gone full time. We expect at the very least to be organised and be able to to keep possession and look like a team. But we don't. We look like a team of individuals. And you got you got to question that, haven't you? Really. I think the thing is, just the last thing on it before I move on, but expectation rises, isn't it? Because we've improved season on season, season on season, um, you know, and well, last season was phenomenal. Um, but obviously, we've, we've, we kept saying we need to go full time and um, that's happened. But again, I don't think there's everything, ever been anything officially announced about it, but that's, we're told it happened in the summer. Um and you know, then a load of players put in investment put in, so it raises expectation um, amongst everybody. And you and I were both told uh, that we would piss our pants or piss our panties, apparently. But we piss our pants when we saw what, what um, who we're bringing in, and quote unquote, we're going up. We were both told that, and we're currently seventh. And after Saturday, after the result on the weekend. First, ain't gonna happen, with you know. So, you know, expectation does does rise, and you you kind of you gotta you gotta you gotta listen to that and understand from a fan's point of view where we're coming from with that. Um, you know, so yeah, as you say, we're not. It's, it is frustrating, and we know they'll always battle. As you said, you know, we know they'll always the players will always give us everything. It's it's just now we need to be trying to kick on. Um, but it kind of feels like we've gone the other way, uh, and that's the frustrating thing about it. Um, but I think we, we talked about London City to death. Um, before we move on to look at Coventry, so I just want to touch on attendances. Um, now I mentioned before, I can't remember if it was before Christmas or if it was in the the end of the seat, end of the roundup one. I can't remember, but. I talked about obviously my frustration with the fact that we do nothing. The main club does nothing to advertise the games at Hayes Lane. So I had already gone into detail about that. Uh, you know, we've had two record attendances. So we've broken the record attendance twice this season at Selhurst. It's the first time getting 1,840, I think it was. And the second time uh, was 1,900 and something. So, you know, we, we've, we've had those two and those games were, were pushed and promoted. There's flyers put out. There was, it was on the big screen at the men's games. Um, you know, the, I think both the women's Twitter and the men's Twitter were advertising it. There, there's stuff done to push it. There's been nothing for any of the Hayes games. And what's concerning is when you look at, since we set the, the, the 1900, the attendances at Hayes have been the worst I think we've had in a few years. Now, I, I wanted to be able to do this art, this in this bit with all the facts and be able to sit here and list a whole load of um, attendance figures. And unfortunately, I can't because they have become impossible to get hold of. I've been able to see a few, so I know... What we had for Coventry was over 500 um, because I used to get the team sheets and it was written on that. And I, and I know a few from 
Uh, I'd have a few from last season. But since the changes at the top mid-season with GMs uh, and the, the contact has, be, has cut off and become non-existent, um, trying to find the stat, and I've looked everywhere. I've looked on the FA website. They're not there. Apart from there's a number on there for the FA Cup game, but I don't know whether it's accurate or not. Um, but the FA does, does, website doesn't have it. The Palace website, uh, the main club, doesn't doesn't have it listed on the on like the get the match centre or anything like that. I mean, God, the match centre didn't the FA Cup game. It had other than the score, it doesn't even have anything on it. They didn't bother putting the lineups, no commentary updates. It's as if the game didn't exist at all, um, which is just piss poor from the main club. So they're not with Palace. Um, I've asked the former GM. Uh, I've asked the new GM. Um, I've asked other people. I've I, I slid into the DMs of the Barclays Championship Twitter app uh, to ask them. Never heard anything back. Um, I've asked on the collective group if anyone knows where they are. I've looked at various different websites. I've Googled it. I've looked at all sorts of websites. They're, these these figures are nowhere. They just don't exist for some reason, and I don't get why. I don't know why it's such a top kept secret. I mean, I I think I'm, I'm going to find out the secrets of Area 51 before I find out where our attendance figures are for the games this season um, at Hayes Lane. It's just beyond me. So unfortunately, I can't see it and present the, the stats. Um, but as I say, I do know we had over 500 for the Coventry game, which for a Saturday night as well, when we had people that that couldn't get back from NC, you know, it was a decent turnout. Um, Cause the, the away, the away crowd wouldn't have been big either for that game. Um, and I think last season, generally five, six years, that kind of thing. It's, it's kind of been the norm apart from, I think at Hayes, the biggest was about a thousand when we had like United and Chelsea that first season. But as I say, they've really dropped off. Now, according if this, uh, if it's accurate, this FA bit, then we apparently had 305 people there for the Watford game. I'll be honest with you, I didn't feel like there's 305 people, but supposedly there was. We all said at the time that the Lewis Country Cup game, if it had over 100, about 120 people, uh, we'd be surprised. And the game on, on Sunday, the London City game, again, the attendance was really small. Um you know, and when I think of the crowd we had, so for, for that Coventry game, like the, the crowd we had alone with us on, on the terrace, uh, was, was really good numbers, really buzzing. And then when I look at it, how it's been in recent games, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot less people. We kind of all can gather in between one set of flags now. Um, and there has to be a reason for it. It's, it's concerning that in what should be our biggest season so far, with progression and with all, all sorts going on, we seem to be going backwards in so many ways. You know, our, our attendances are going down. We, we, we've yet, we set the record twice in, in the, in the season, which is, which is mad in what I'm saying. But despite setting that, our general attendances seem to be going down, you know, and the, the players deserve so much more than that. And the staff, everybody at the club deserves more than turning up. And there's a scattering of, 120, 130 people around the ground. They deserve more than that. You know, and you look at other clubs and what they're achieving. And and you look at us, and the main clubs should be ashamed of themselves with 
how little is done, um, you know, to promote anything. But my aspect today was more, my concern is, other than obviously the, the piss poor advertisement, is why are these fans keeping away? And we know, you and I know, that some of the loyal, obviously some people have moved and that kind of thing, so which they can't help then, and that's just natural changes, isn't it? But we know some people have felt incredibly disheartened, uh, especially over the way fans are treated in the summer with so little, with no information, with everything left so late, with how it was revealed, that people just felt like after years of being loyal supporters, uh, you know, at a time when the club didn't have that many, um, that you know they they they've not they don't really matter anymore. Um, so that has been some of that feeling. Um, and obviously there'll be sometimes there'll be people who turn up for your game and then they can't come again, or you know weather has been terrible for months. And so you've got people who have a lot of stuff going in life, but we need to be we should be a bit alarmed as to why the these numbers are going down. Um, and and the thing is, is performances will be one of them because you if you you get two record crowds at, at Sellers, but you lose both games. Obviously, I mean, that's probably can't be helped. It's like when we used to have, I've said it before, when, we used to, when the men would always have the family fun day to have, to bring in more fans, and it was a guaranteed loss every single time. But, you know, when you, if someone looks at the, some of the performances and looks at, looks at these score lines and stuff, you're not going to be dragging people in. And the thing is, even I thought what I thought was really noticeable, and this isn't necessarily with numbers, but just with kind of lethargy with the crowd a little bit. And it's I say I think it's been the same at the men's games. Well, I've not been to any games for a little bit, but they've all been on TV or I've watched them in other means, which we won't mention. <laughs> but you've, I feel the, the crowd at Sellers has been very different, a lot quieter. There's a lot more frustration creeping in because it's hard to watch. Um, and the fact is, it was said to me on the weekend by someone that there comes a time where the team it becomes the team's part to get the crowd going and not just the other way around. And on, at the moment, not enough is happening for that to happen. The fight, the, obviously, the cup game aside, and and it's true because you, when you look at the you look at the the Lewis Conte Cup game where we lost four one, and we were we were woeful that day. But the second half, as fans, still constant singing, lots of noise all, all the time. You know, it was we, we kept going, we kept going, and, and comments were made, positive comments were made by the players and staff about it. Um, but then you you know you look at Sunday, and in the second half, there was nothing. We, we were everyone's just standing there. Talking, it just it wasn't even anything to kind of get the singing going because we we do don't we we've seen enough, we're Palace fans we've seen enough defeats in our time that you just you know we 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 want to crack on singing anyway but second half of Sunday that, even that didn't exist um you know because you do sometimes need a little bit there's only so much you can do and at the moment it kind of just feels like in so many areas you know, all the way up the club, it's it's becoming very difficult to keep that um, that flame going, as it were, for lack of a better terminology. Um, when it's, it just feels like so much has been done to, to put it out. 
you know, intentionally or unintentionally, because, you know, the players aren't trying to intentionally put it out or anything. That's not the, you know, the way the performance is going on helping, but there's a lot of stuff going on around the club. And it's just, I, I just felt for the first time, as I, I, I really think that our, our attendance is going backwards when after the summer and everything, they should be going up every week, not just two special games. Um, and that's a concern. But I just felt, as I say, for the first time on, on, on Sunday, it really felt like the oomph was taken out of the crowd. It's like someone stood on a, a bag of air and the whole, all the air, all the air had been blown, squeezed out of it and it was, it was just deflated. I don't know about yourself, Phil. Yeah, it was, it was a really weird feeling on um, sun, Sunday afternoon um, or evening when uh, the, during the second half because I just think we realised that whatever we did was never going to be enough to get us back in that game. We were just not in the game, in the game from the beginning, really. And I think we just felt deflated. I mean, you know, just going back to some of the things that you said, I agree with you about, um, I think there's a number of reasons um, that we've talked about before and I've, I've, I've actually raised with the club a couple of times as well. I think there's a number of reasons that combined have really affected attendances. I think um, ultimately um, the performances haven't been great. Um, and as you say, the two games at Sellhurst, um, we needed to sort of do better, you know, win those and get fans to come back and unfortunately you know um it does some, sometimes it does depend on performances and results results business i think that's definitely one of the things i think the lack of information in the summer was awful and i think um that was you know especially on the back of the euros you know the england one i just find it absolutely um amazing that the club didn't actually have better communication and then just to release 15 new players in one tweet you know it's just it was just it was just awful the whole the whole situation and how it's managed um we don't advertise the games as you say we don't even have have um any signage at hayes lane anyway so anyone going past on the bus wouldn't even know palace women play there um, you know, we might get a few people that, that that see that and think, oh, I might go on Sunday. I'll see Palace women, you know, especially after the Euros. You know, there was an interest in women's football. We haven't capitalised on that. We haven't we haven't used that to our advantage. Um, and I think um, the other thing as well, which I think we've talked about before, I just wonder whether or not the Palace fan base has got an appetite for women's football. I just don't know. Um, I think once they start going and people do enjoy it and they realise what good quality it is and they, and they go back I just don't think we sell it as a you know as something that to get fans there in the first place and um, you know I mean I've, ta- I've, I've, I've talked about different options you know some of the men's players should probably back the women a bit more even if you just send the odd tweet on the morning of the game good luck to the women you know why can't Will send, send a tweet out or something you know it's just things like that that would make a difference but Unfortunately, there's no support from the men's team, um, and uh, you know uh, it's just it's just not it's just so many things, honestly. And you put all that together, and it's just like you just. I mean, I, I sometimes think, gosh, why do we even bother? You know, the club don't seem to care. You know, why why should we? It's that bad. It is that bad. It's appalling. I have to say, in the last couple of weeks, I think the 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 um, social media's got better. You know, we've had questions, one you know, one word answers describing players and stuff like that. 
it's it's it's, it's an improvement because we haven't we haven't had any anything like that all season. Um, so we've you know that's something that at least that we had we've had an interview with um, Kirsten after the um, game on Sunday. So I just think there's certain things in the you know that are changing hopefully for the better on social media, a bit more information. But again, you know we don't know we don't get information about anyone who's injured. We don't get any team news until the last minute. It's just a lack of information and. Um, uh, you know, I, I just wonder whether or not, re realistically, does it? I mean, in, in men's football, if someone's out, like Patrick Vieira said, Joachim Anderson's likely to be out for 10, 10, 10, 7 to 10 days. He doesn't mind people knowing that. Why can't the women's team give us information? You know, we didn't. I, I knew um, from, from Izzy Sibley two weeks before it was announced that she had an ACL. Because I just said, are you OK? Is it a long term? And she said, yes, ACL. And I'm thinking, what, why didn't the club feel that we, we would want to know that? It's not, it, you know, we care. We care. We support the team. You know, we've got a lot of respect for the players. We, You know, we love watching them play for our club. And we care about them. And we want to know if they, you know, we want to know information like that. It's important. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And then it was only like, I think, the day of the operation that she had, uh, there was something on on social media about the fact that she was just had an operation you know i just think it's not there's just no reason for that really i just think you know is it really going to make that much difference to our performances if the other team know that izzy sibley's out for the season but i think we just you know we care and we we should know that information you know if it was a men's player we would who's out injured we'd know we'd be told it would be in a press conference or it would be released by the club as information but we don't get anything it's just appalling you know it's just not good enough, Mike. And I just think when you put all those things together, um, it, you know, why people just think, God, you would go in the club shop and you wouldn't even know we've got a women's team. They don't they can't even buy a scarf with Palace women on it, you know. So we're not exactly doing ourselves any favours, are we, at the end of the day? But ultimately, it comes down to performances. If we were top of the league and doing well, we'd be getting 800 there. I'm sure of it. Um, but unfortunately, the performances haven't been great. And... Um, and and the advert and then when you add all the other things to that, then of course it's um it it, it affects attendances. But we, we they should be advertising. They should be telling us what the attendances are. I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, we had apparently we had 305 against Watford in the cup, and we only know that from the FA website. But no one else, no one at Palace has ever released that information, you know. And um, it's just poor, isn't it, really? Well, I mean, when you think about it with injuries, Renardine we signed in the summer. I don't think there's ever been a mention officially about her being injured, but she's not been available for the entire time. But nothing's ever said to players, you know, nothing's ever been said to us about, yeah. about Rihanna and, and, and her situation. And, you know, it's just, and, it's just rubbish, Mike. Well, why can't they say she's back in training? We know she's back in training. Why can't they just say, great news, Rihanna's back in training? Other clubs do it, you know, when people have been out, they say, there's information on from other clubs saying, oh, you know, so-and-so's back in training. Great to see so-and-so back in training today. Palace don't do anything like that. It's as if they don't they don't think we, we're interested. But we are. We really are interested. Well, Eddie Noble got stretched off against Charlton. It's been nothing about it. We saw her on crutches on Sunday. Yeah. We've no idea whether that's a precautionary thing. Is it a long-term thing? We've nothing. No idea. Kirsten Barton's been missing for the last three games we've no idea about why um just yes yeah, so a, a little bit of information would, would be 
you know, it just it just goes a long way because otherwise, after a while, you just start to wonder what else going on. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, so. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of work needs to be done there for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, I just—it's just something I kind of want to touch on. And I really wish I could have just sat here and gone, you know, well, these have been the attendances, blah 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 blah, and kind of and kind of add the weight to it. Um, but unfortunately, I couldn't do that. But yeah, I—it's I, I, just been very visually noticeable uh, in the last few games. Um, hopefully, that'll pick up for the rest of the season. There's still some big games to be played at home. Um, I don't know whether any more are going to be at Sellers. It feels like it's very much. Um, I think it's arranged game by game at the moment, um, which is why Saturday changed with a week to go. So well, that, was a, that, game, that, that, that doesn't help the attendance, does it? Let's face it. When, when people have made plans on a Sunday and then a week before, especially especially a family of, can you imagine if some of the family of players were, were due to travel for a two o'clock kickoff? And they'd book trains and stuff, you know, to go and yeah. watch the game. And then they get told, you know, and then then they announce a week before the game that it's now been changed by four hours to six o'clock. That 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 is just not. And then the tweet that announced it was just like, "Is that is fine?" You know, no, it's not fine. You need to apologise for messing people around. You need to think about what you're actually saying on Twitter. And fortunately, they changed their tack and they apologised, but it's too late. You know, it's just it's it's just um, it's it's just. It's just not good enough. The whole club, from top to bottom, is just not good enough. And it's got, you know, and I and I think that the standards are set around the whole club, not just the players. And I, I think if I was a footballer playing for Crystal Palace women, I would be really disillusioned, actually, that I'm seeing some of the stuff that is just rubbish around the club, you know. Um, and, and whether whether or not that's not been able to not not been able to change in the academy because of you know safeguarding or whatever, whether whether or not that's to do with that, whether it's to do with the lack of information. Um, when you see every other club, and I mean every other club in that division, in our division, they tweet at least once or twice a day. If we get a tweet once a week from Palace, it's like a miracle, you know. It's just, it's just. Okay, when you compare us, even the sponsorship, Charlton sponsorship for the same money, you get a signed shirt, you get a dinner, you get a lunch with the with the player you're sponsoring, you get a photo, you go to the training ground. At Palace, you pay four hundred and fifty quid or whatever it is for sponsorship, you don't get anything. It's just it, when you see what when you see what other clubs do, and then you see what Palace do, it's just illusion. It's, it, you know, it's disillusioning for everyone, and I'm sure the players probably feel it because they're probably thinking, "Look at what Bristol City are doing." They, you know, it's fantastic. All their tweets and their interviews and their, you know, London City Lionesses. They are the best. They've got the best tweet. They've got no fans. They've got the best Twitter, and they've got in. They have an interview before and after the game with the manager. It's just superb. Their setup is superb, and we we are miles and miles behind. No one to see. Exactly. <laughs> but at least they've got the content. Yeah. <laughs> at least they've got the content. I'd love to have an interview with Dean after a game. You know, we haven't had one all season. It, it's just, it's just not good enough, and we deserve better. Actually, you know, if we if we're putting in the effort and putting sixteen flags up every game, travelling home and away to watch the players, I'll be there at Coventry on Sunday. We deserve better. We deserve better information. We des- we deserve to have news. We need to. We should have interviews. You know, it's just we should so have a tendency. Now, see a season ticket holders at Sellers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't but... give us the last seats available when we've got a season ticket. Get you know, think about it. You know, yeah. 
there's there's no planning there's there's no forethought it's just all sort of last minute and it's all sort of let's change the time of the kickoff and we don't care if it inconveniences people we won't apologize unless someone picks it up you know it shouldn't have needed me to go back to the club and say this is just not good enough you know you can't just change the time of a kickoff a week before the game and just accept that as okay you need to apologize for the fact you might be inconvenienced in, inconveniencing people people work shifts you know some people can't were planning to go at two o'clock and then at six o'clock they can't make it you can't just do that it's just so poor throughout the whole club and and i do think it all starts at the top you know and it and it, and, and it filters through and and, and I've, i i don't think i've felt disillusioned about palace women and the club as a whole um ever as this and that and that's including i've, I've seen the t- i've seen the men's team have alan mullery as a manager you know, that's how bad things are. Joy, joy, joy. Yeah. Right. So well, yeah. Anyway, that's enough moaning. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Moving forward. I mean, I mean, the sponsorship. I could go on about myself now, but I think that's probably a topic for another day. Uh, before we just get on to, to looking ahead to Sunday, uh, just two things I, I, I want to mention. The first uh, is we promised a shout out to uh, Polly's neighbour. Um, Tim. Who, yeah. So uh, Tim. Hello, Tim yeah. from Melbourne. If you're listening, hello. So, just for those, um, we were when we were at the game on Sunday. A gentleman came up to us on the terrace, and in full full Aussie accent, introduced himself as Polly's neighbour. Um, and he's been travelling for six weeks. Six weeks, I think he said. He's, he's he was going back to Holland two days after the game, um, and then um, guessing back to Australia. Um, but yeah, he'd come he'd come to the game to to, to cheer on Polly. Um, he put out his sign at the front with her name, uh, spelling out her name on the pieces of the paper, which if he'd done it a week previously, he would have been saturated in about two seconds. Um, <laughs> but a you know, really nice guy. And we, we got to sit and have a chat with him after the game uh, in the bar, waiting for the players who didn't turn up. Um, but yeah, no, he would have a nice, nice chat with him. Really nice guy. Um, tried to encourage him to listen to the podcast on Spotify. Um and uh, yeah, no, it's just really good, really good to meet him, and I, I, it's really great that you know people. Are, it, that's what I love with with the women's game because I suppose because you get to see it. More. I'm sure it happens in the men's game all the time as well, but in the women's game, I suppose because you get to meet the people, you get to hear the stories a bit more, you know. But for, for someone to be able to do that, like last year, we had Brian come over, didn't we, from the New York Eagles? Um, yeah, and he came to, to he came to the game, and, you know, and um, that, that's fantastic because to get the opportunity to come over and then to come to the games is, is superb. And, and, you know, for, for him to, to, to become, him, you know, so he can support his neighbour play football in, in, on a, on a blimming cold Sunday evening. Um, you know, it's, it's fantastic. It's, it's, it was damn cold as well. Um, it was. It's fantastic. We lost I, I, I noticed he disappeared before the flags had to come down, but, um, and he appeared after they'd gone up, but, you know, we won't nah. But uh, but no, it was yeah, really nice, really nice to to get to chat to, to Tim. Uh, hope you had a safe journey back. Um, and yeah, we promised him a shout out. So hopefully he's uh, he's found us on Spotify and is listening, and he's managed to get through the last hour and twenty minutes of his morning. Um, yeah. So yeah, shout out to Tim. One thing, and the other thing I wanted to mention, just so that I sound like I'm feasibly reasonably in the know when I'm not. Uh, but we have heard a rumor. Um, that there's a possible return of a player. I'm not going to mention names because it might be a load of baloney um, or anything like that. But we have we have heard that a former eagle could we be returning to the nest. Uh, how true it is, I don't know. 
Um, so we'll keep our eyes peeled over that over that for the next couple of days. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, it's not a centre back, just to point out to anybody. Um, no. I'm hoping it might be Amy Goddard. Actually, that's the sort of play we need, isn't it? But um, Amy, Amy looks like she she's so ripped now. She's like she could bench press my house. Um, <laughs> incredible. I, I I'll be interested. I'm interested where she goes. I think she'll end up. I, I'm wondering whether she'll go to the new reform Jovil. But yeah, they're they're, they're really best in Jovil. They're they're the team to watch in the next three years. You know because they're really going for it. I think. And actually, when you think of Bridgewater nearby. I mean, if they can entice, because Bridgewater were a decent team, and if they can entice two or three of their players to Yeovil, they're better well, players. Brid- they, Bridgewater, that, have, obviously, Amy's gone. Their manager's yeah, gone. Uh, yeah. Southampton have signed their keeper. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I think it, that kind of issue is already happening at Bridgewater. But, yeah, so we'll keep our eyes peeled in the next couple of days. Um, but it is possible that a former Eagle could be returning to the list, which we shall see. Uh, with that, little bit of news that didn't really tell you anything but told you something uh, we'll just quickly touch upon this weekend's game uh, so back it's championship action again and we travel to Coventry United and the Bus Park Arena and if there's ever the opportunity for Charity FC's Palace I mean, referring to Palace men when someone calls it on Twitter but it's just accurate for the entire football club. If there's ever the opportunity for that to come true, it's this Sunday. Uh, with Coventry sitting on zero points after 11 games. So no wins, no draws, nothing. A minus 33 goal difference. I thought they were going to, you know, look, it was looking like they were going to win last week and then I would have had to worry about it. But obviously they, they snatched defeat from the jaws of victory last weekend. Um, which means we go up there, no, <laughs> but they still seek their first point and their first win. So uh, it it screams um, Coventry, Coventry win uh, just purely because we, we we could be playing on Sunday with the, the entire Lionesses team that won the Euros, you know, or, or the Barcelona team, and I'd still be sitting there going, "This screams a Coventry win." We could be top of the table by, you know, 10 points, having won every game. And I've been looking at this and going, this has got Coventry win written all over it. It's just typical Palace. Um, but we are going there. And obviously, Paul, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Paul, uh, who we know is a Coventry fan, he does the, the commentary, he does the commentary for Coventry um, on radio up there. And um, he's actually done the FA Player a couple of times this season as well. So he... He can come on tonight, but I did ask him because I, I know Coventry have been very busy in the window. Because just very briefly, as we know, obviously they they stayed up on the last day of last season, having gone into administration, and then they got bought out, uh, so taken over. Um, but then in the summer, um, their owner Lewis he took them from full time to part time, like part time hybrid model, um, and they lost several players. Uh, including the likes of Katie Wilkinson. So a lot of the players who kept them up left uh, because they, they couldn't be on full-time contracts anymore. So they had to, like us, they brought a load of players in. Uh, a lot of it was done late. So at the start of the season, they were kind of, um, a, a, their team was still trying to find its way. And in all fairness, I think where they were trying to cut save costs and stuff, 
a lot of it was players that had come up from lower leagues or weren't playing at all in WSL or Championship teams. So they just it was it, they didn't have the some of the, the experience that they needed. Um, and it's been a tough season for them so far. But they've clearly recognised that with you know maybe not, not Sunderland now, but with Sheffield United looking very vulnerable, despite the fact that they've you know they've lost eleven out of eleven and their goal difference is horrendous. They're only eight points from safety, um, which, you know, they, they've got to play Sheffield United yet. Um, can turn around fairly quickly. All it takes is a, a run of a couple of good wins. So um, they've invested a lot this window. You, the argument would be, and I did ask Paul where it might stand, I'm curious as to where it might stand financially, because obviously with the changes they made in some of the stuff, you feel like of money isn't massively there, and there's no. Unfortunately, in this league, you're not really getting competition money to to feel like you're going to gain back on your investment from the normal, you know, normal streams. But they've invested. They've, they've taken some, and you know, and, and good on them. You know, they, they've they've done what they can to give themselves the best chance um, of, of survival this season, and. I asked Paul to list for me who it was that they've bought in, um, and I can just I can just read out for you now. So uh, they signed uh, Eleanor Ryan Doyle, who's a striker on loan from fellow Championship side Birmingham. Rachel Newborough, who's a fullback, has moved on a permanent from Charlton uh, to play with the ironic name Morgan Cross, who's a winger, um, has moved from the NCAA on a permanent deal. Um, Lucy Whip, who's a midfielder, so it's whip, whip the ball in. So another one, I suppose you could say, it's kind of ironic name. But Lucy Whip, um, as midfielder, she's ex Birmingham player. She's joined on the free. Um, Ellen Jones, she's a midfielder on loan from WSL side Leicester. Kiara Keating, who's a a, nine, a young goalkeeper on loan from Manchester City. She's actually the under 19s First England under 19s first choice keeper who keeps um, our very own Natalia Negri out of the starting lineup for the under 19s. Um, then they signed Connie Schofield, who is a midfielder, I believe, on loan from Leicester. And there's possibly another player coming in before our game as well. They're, they had a medical yesterday. So a, a lot of players have come in, they've, they've done a lot of work. And you, we've already seen because there's questions of, but I get the same problem again trying to put so many players in in one go and will it gel and stuff but they've got the Bristol and they nearly won they lost 3-2 in the end but they, they nearly won that game um, which already shows that that this second half of the season at this moment in time I mean, it might change in a few games, games time we might have a completely different opinion on it but at this moment in time for the first time this season uh, you can't it's not the foregone conclusion that it was that that Coventry are going down. Had they not done anything this window, I think it was it was only going one way. But with the with the investment that they've done, um, you now and you know just going by the, the performance against Bristol City, you now have to feel that they've got enough time on their hands and Sheffield United looking in enough trouble um, that they could get themselves out of it. Um, so time will tell in the next few games and they would have earmarked Sunday as the start of that I think uh, Bristol City would have been 
if you if you get something out of that, it's it's a bonus. Um, but they they will have earmarked Sunday for right. This is the start of it. Let's get our first win of the season. Let's go on the board, win, and you know potentially the gaps down to four points already, depending on Sheffield United's result. Um, and Paul told me that having spoken to Lee Birch, the the Coventry manager, um, that he he said Lee said that uh, Palace are one of the best sides that they've played. Um, but in his view, he said that we're either superb or have an off day, which is what I said earlier. I think probably sums this up quite well. Um, but they're preparing; they they feel there'll be a they're preparing for a possible backlash after what happened against London City. Um, so they've got that in mind. But um, fairly accurate, you know. We are we do seem to be one of the other, you know, a bit Jekyll or Hyde. But so we haven't drawn a single game this season. That's probably one of the differences to last year because. There were games where they were tight, or you know, not always the best performance. But then you get the point out of it, and it's all—it's been all or nothing all season. Not one single draw, um, the entire season for us, which is kind of crazy, really. Um, but yeah, no, it's going to be—it's going to be a very tough game. At Coventry, they're a different team to, to the one that we. So let's be honest, we played with the park at home. Um, to the point that they were just shooting from the halfway line just to get a shot on the board. Um, but, yeah, I think it's, it's going to be a very different, different prospect this this uh, this Sunday, Phil. Yeah, I think it will be. I think it'll be a tough game. Um, you know, and they, I'm really worried about Mary McAteer because she's so quick. And obviously we know what uh, happens when we're up against uh, quick forwards from earlier in the season. Um, so I'm a little bit worried about the pace that Mary McAteer's got. She's she's a young player who's got a dual registration with Aston Villa and Coventry. Um, and um, she's only 19 and she looks like a real prospect. I think she's going to be a great player. And uh, she's got an amazing pace. I mean, she's just lightningly quick. And so we've got to really be care- be aware of her getting through us, getting around the back, you know, behind us. And uh, and and so yeah, with with our problems that we've and how we've conceded goals this season, I, I, I do I do worry about that because I think she's going to be a real danger. So um, my prediction is going to be that we're going to lose three two. I, I just think unfortunately that we're going to. Um, we just until we get the defence sorted out, we're going to concede goals, and and so I, I think I think the, I think Coventry will get their first win. Unfortunately, I think we're going to lose three um, two. Uh, for our goals, I mean, I, I'm going to say Annabelle Blanchard because she's the most dangerous player and gets them the most shots away. Um, probably, and and I, and I go for Husey as well because I think I think Husey's due a goal. I think she works tirelessly up there and doesn't get an awful lot of service. So. Um, well, she, has, she certainly didn't on Sunday, and I just think that um, Hughes is due a goal and Annabelle Blanchard. But I think I think we're going to lose. I think we I think we're going to lose three two. I just think there's. I think we've we've got goals in our team, but we just concede too many. So um, I hope I'm wrong. I really hope I'm wrong, especially because I'm going to the game. But that's that's my prediction. What about yours, Mike? Yeah, um, I'd love to say I'd be. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with the positive option on this one, but. Uh, I think the, the, the factor of when you consider that they've strengthened, you know, quite heavily this window, uh, they've identified their weaknesses and stuff, and they, you know they, they strengthened the performance that they put in against Bristol City. Um, I mean, they, they've gone there with all these, you know, no having 
having lost their all ten games in the league so far at that point, with a team that has of players that haven't really played together yet, and they went there and scored twice, and we've been we've been there twice this season, and conceded seven and not scored a single goal, uh, or ever been in the game, which has been played off the park in both games. So, um. There are there are those concerns, and as I say, it's just written as typical Palace that you know Sunderland have got their first win of the season against us this year. Uh, it, it'd just be typical Palace that um, they would do the same. So I'm going to go three-one Coventry, um, and I, I think Paige scores her first goal for us. Yeah. I can understand that. It'd be nice to see Paige start, actually, because I think she was a bright spark at Charlton, wasn't she, away at Charlton? And um, and then she was on the bench for the next game. So, um, and she has got genuine pace and she's got good delivery. She creates chances, um, especially away from home, I think, you know, when there's a little bit more space, perhaps, um, uh, when we're attacking. Um, teams generally more defensive when they come to Hayes Lane but apart from London City of course but um, it'd be nice if I think Paige is ideal for an away game where we can use use her pace you know to, to get behind the other team but so I really hope Paige starts but um, it's going to be a tough old game especially at the moment I don't think our confidence is going to be great is it let's face it No I'd like to see um, I'd like to see Chloe Peplo start uh, I think we need her strength and battling ability in midfield. Um, and, yeah, I, I think, I think we, I'd go for a back three, I think. I don't know what uh, Kirsten's situation is. I feel like she probably needs the game out. Um, but, you know, I, I'd i like to see probably the back three, three centre-backs, the wing-backs, had the two strikers up top. Don't leave a striker isolated. Go with the two up top. Um, whether that's Husey and and Moles or, um, I mean you could you could play Paige because she could she could drift because Annabelle you'd have then in the centre behind them, um, but you could play Paige with Husey and that ability to kind of move around. But you know it's it's going to be a tough old game, hundred percent. And hopefully, hopefully we're both wrong because. The, the teams were capable of going there and winning, and putting a good result and getting a result, and getting a win out of it. And as I say, for me, the, the, it's those two factors of the additions that they've that Coventry have made, which Sunday showed have been a positive, and that blimmin the typical Palace hoodoo, men and women, that we end bad runs of other teams. Um, that's what's getting me more than anything. Uh, as, I, as, I, as I say, I'd actually feel more confident if, if Coventry had beaten Bristol City on Sunday, I'd be sitting now saying that we'll beat them. Um, so, you know, it's because that would be the Palace thing. But yeah, that it's that more than anything that our ability to to, to end bad runs that I, is hanging over me. But you know, look, we we just need to, we need to go up there. We need to have have ourselves organised, have our plan. And, and and focus on our game, and you know we need we need the ball. We need to keep hold of the ball because you know we we need to put the pressure uh, pressure on their defence at their end. Um, and if we have the ball, we we have a better chance of doing that. Um, make them chase us around, um, and and hurt them 
you know, create opportunities and hurt them. So, um, but yeah, it's going to be incredibly tough. Uh, I'll be at my sister's, so I'll be checking for updates repeatedly on Twitter, um, and then watching the game back uh, when it's released on the player. So, so yeah. Um, with that said, uh, unless there's anything else you want to add, Phil, I'll uh, I'll do the usual wrap up. No, that's all from me. I think we've uh, probably said more than enough tonight, haven't we? <laughs> cool, love, yeah. I, I hope it's not been too depressing for the people listening. Yeah, I've I've, I've had an email from uh, from Jim Henson Fat Corporation saying that they need uh, they need us to replace the, the two old guys in the balcony. In the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice one. So uh, yeah, so we, we, that's our future gig when we were hanging out the potting boots. Um, right, with that said, I just want to say thank you to everyone who's listening live to us tonight. Um, I know it's not been the cheeriest thing, but appreciate you all listening in. Uh, thank you to everyone who has listened back to this on the recording here on Twitter, and to all of you who've listened to it on Spotify. As I always say, we are free to listen on Spotify, free to subscribe. So, And if you subscribe, then it will notify you when the next pod or the latest pod is uh, posted up there. So with that said, uh, so thank you to everybody. Uh, thanks, Phil, for, for coming on. I know it's a bit later. I've had to work around work. Um, and uh, good luck to you all traveling up there on Sunday. Um, yeah. Give them a song for me. And hopefully you'll be celebrating three points uh, come the evening. Let's hope so. Cheers, Mike. Thanks very much. No worries, mate. Cheers, Phil. Come yeah. on, you palace. <laughs>